Hello listener, I'm Nina Gray and this is The Scientycast. This week we're speaking to Sylvia Humphrey about geology and fossils. Sylvia Humphrey, you're the assistant keeper in geology, is that right? That's correct, yes. At the Great North Museum, Hancock, and this one, Sunderland Museum. That's right. So, um, how did you get interested in like geology then? Um, oh, I got interested when I was at school, I think. Um, I like to collect pebbles on the beach, for example, and I got interested that way. Um, my um, parents gave me a little book about geology which is fascinating and um, my interest grew from there. If I went to the beach, not today because it's a horrible rainy day, but I went to the beach the other day and I was having a look at the rocks, so could you just tell us what kind of rocks are there on Roca Beach? On Roca Beach um, a lot of what you're going to see is flint um, in the shingle um, which dates back to when um, coal was being taken south from the area. Um, by sea and the flint um, comes from the south coast it came up here in the holds of the coal ships they um, dumped it off the shore it was um, the ballast so they didn't come up here empty before um, collecting uh, the coal to go back down south so you can find um, fossilised sea urchins for example um, among the flint pebbles which are quite interesting and from outside the area um, so when when were these sea urchins like, alive then, if they're in the flint now? They were going to be alive about um, 130 million years ago, approximately, um, dating back to the um, Cretaceous period. So some of them are heart-shaped, which is quite nice. <laughs> so um, what would they look like? Um, they Often they're quite badly weathered when you find them up here because they've been rolled around in the shingle um, but as I said some of them are heart shaped um, and you sometimes see little rows of circular depressions on the surface which is one of the things that gives them away as being fossils right. uh, You were telling me about something about cannonball rocks <laughs> um, Well there's the cannonball limestone at Roca thought to be unique to the Sunderland area um, and that occurs um, on the coast at Roca. Um, you can also see a lot of it in um, the park here, Mowbray Park. It's very distinctive and it's used a lot here um, to edge um, the garden borders. It also occurs in a quarry at the end of the park. Um, but it, it occurs around the Sunderland area. And and how does it occur? What, how does it get formed? Um, the exact formation is a little bit of a mystery but it's believed that um, the cannonball concretions form after the rock's been deposited. Um, it's a little bit like the process of a kettle furring up. Right. Um, that's a good analogy. <laughs> Gives you some idea. Um, so, um, so they do form after the rock's been deposited. They're not mm. original um, structures. Whitley Bay, there are carboniferous sandstones on the beach there. St Mary's Island, there are some coal seams um, in the little bay facing the island. So a sandstone, is that, how is that formed? Um, basically that's, um, le, um, it consists, as, it name, as, as its name suggests, of um, sand, um, but it can be formed in a variety of ways. 
sometimes in a desert, sometimes um, in a delta, in, in a shallow sea. Um, it depends on the sandstone, to be honest. Oh, is it just that sand gets compressed into a rock? Yeah, yes, basically right. that. So is that the kind of thing that you can find fossils in? Because Yeah, oh, yes, definitely, yes. That be um, sandstone's a good rock to find fossils in. So, have you ever found like a fossil that was, you know, of some kind of value or anything? Um, I don't think I have, to be honest. No, I, I don't think I've ever found anything that was um, of sufficient interest to add to the collections myself. Um, although occasionally people do find things and bring them mm. in. The people often come in thinking they've got a dinosaur. It's not unusual. <laughs> <laughs> How often do they have a dinosaur? Um, it's not, it doesn't happen very often, although we did have someone recently um, who found a dinosaur bone um, in oh, his garden wow. in Sunderland, and that's on display downstairs. Cool, what kind of dinosaur was it? That was um, an iguanodon, which is a um, large vegetarian dinosaur. Good to get that off. At this point, Sylvia had to go and answer the phone, but can I just reiterate, that vertebrate is in Sunderland Museum, in the Lost Worlds part of the museum, and it's really cool. Go and have a look at it. man found an iguanodon bone in his garden. He did, yes. So what, did the iguanodon live round here, or...? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, the, um... Iguanodons um, are um, younger than the uh, fossils in this area and the rocks in this area. Um, they're about the same age as the flint um, sea urchins, in fact, that we were talking about earlier. Um, so the Iguanodon probably lived in southern England, Sussex, somewhere like that. Um, Did it just get lost <laughs> wander up here? Well, we suspect that it may have been brought up here as a souvenir. Maybe yeah. someone found it in the south of England or bought it, was given it, and brought it up here. And perhaps um, it was part of someone's rockery, for example. People often put things like that in rockeries, interesting shaped <laughs> stones. So um, that's what we think. That's how we think it got there. But you can never be certain, of course. Um, but so did you get a lot of displaced fossils that just people have carried around? It doesn't happen very often. It's quite unusual, to be honest. We did have something recently in Newcastle. Someone um, had found a fossil in their garden, possibly among some gravel that they bought, perhaps, but it was um, too young to have come from the local rocks. So that was interesting as well from that point of view, um, a bit unusual. So sometimes, yes, sometimes fossils aren't where they should be. <laughs> so how do you um, identify a bone? What tells you, well, this was an iguanodon and it was in this part of its body, how do you know? It was basically the shape of this bone. You could see it was a vertebra quite clearly and it was quite large. And um, because of the size of it, it had obviously come from some large creature. And um, the only things I could think of were possibly a whale. It didn't look quite right for that. Or a dinosaur. Um, both of which would be unusual, although um, whale remains could have been washed up on the beach, yeah. for example. Um, but it it looked reasonably old, and um, yes, it turned out to be um, a dinosaur bone in the Iguanodon, confirmed by the Natural History Museum, which yeah. was nice. So, um, Do they date them or something? Um, one of their experts did a visual identification um, mm. because when people become so specialised in their fields they can 
um, generally know just by looking at something what it is. They recognise the um, important characteristics that identify an object, a bone or whatever. So different um, vertebrae from different animals tend to have um, distinctive shapes and forms depending what sort of animal they've come from. So, so um, you're saying it could be a dinosaur or a whale. Does this mean the iguanodon's about the size of a whale? It's quite big to be walking around. Mm, a small whale, perhaps. Some whale bones are about the same sort of dimensions. This was just when I first saw it, I was yeah. speculating, um, based on its size as to what it could be, but it didn't really look very like a whale bone, to be honest. Okay, so what have we got by way of interesting specimens at Sunderland or Newcastle? What can we come and have a look at? Um, in the gallery here at Sunderland, we've got a gliding reptile fossil. Um, when it was found, I think it was only the first, the first one to be found in the UK, which made it quite significant, and it is quite a rare fossil, so um, that's quite unusual. So, gliding reptile, that's what, like a, like a dinosaur bird? or You can see the gliding reptile down by the iguanodon vertebra on the Lost Worlds exhibition in Sunderland Museum, and it did not evolve into a bird, just wanted to make that clear. Well, it looks it looks quite primitive, I have to say. It has um, uh, a lot of fine bones with sort of membrane connecting them, so um, um, they look like wings, but they are gliding mechanism, really. So what's the difference between flying and gliding for a dinosaur um, or a reptile? Well, um, flying involves flapping, whereas um, gliding is basically... Uh, swooping or soaring, jumping um, off something high. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whereas um, flying would involve flap, flapping right. of wings, basically. So, how old would that be? Um, oh, the gliding reptile is very approximately 250 million years old. So, w- would they have been? Where did that come from originally? That fossil? Um, oh, that was found near Hettonley Hole right. in County Durham. It's quite local then. So were, did yeah. they live around here? Um, yes, yes, that, that was um, a local creature. But at that time, Sunderland would have been much closer to the equator than it is now, so conditions would be quite different. Sunderland was near the... Oh, is this like before... This is the continental yeah. drift. Yeah. So it would have been warmer here? And it would have been warmer, <laughs> yes. Des- desert conditions and a shallow, um, shallow warm sea... Um, the Zextine Sea that dried up about five times. So dried up five dried times? Dried up and then um, flooded again. Dried oh, up. right, so okay. You get lots of deposits of um, salts in um, Billingham, Cleveland area, relating to the Zextine Sea. So it's really easy to tell when everything was because you've got nice layers of things. Yeah, yes, they're very useful for dating and fossils, etc. Um, so what, what else would have lived round here other than gliding reptiles, what else? There were a lot of fish um, in the Zextide Sea. Um, we've got a lot of fossils downstairs. Um, the commonest one, known as Paleoniscum, looked a bit like a herring and it swam in shoals and um, there were also large predatory fish as well. Um, Anything like the fish we've got today, or have they completely evolved away from what they looked like then? Uh, quite a lot of them look like the modern fish, to be honest. They're 
Um, so they were already really well adapted even then. Yeah. Oh yes, yes. They look um, they look very like modern fish, the um, the Permian fish, superficially at any any rate. Are there any rocks that you can't ever find fossils in? It just doesn't happen. Um, you're not going to find fossils in igneous rocks such as basalt. What's or an igneous rock? Um, an igneous rock is a rock that's um, formed as the result of volcanic activity. Oh. Don't look in granite. Don't look in granite, no. <laughs> I don't think I have. Um, what if, if a kid came to you now and you know asked why they should become a geologist, what would you tell them? Um, oh, I'd say if you're interested in um, fossils, if you like science, um, if you like learning about the natural world, geology would be an interesting subject to study. Yeah, I've got enough now. Thank you very much. That's all for now. Join us again in two weeks when we'll be speaking to Robert Williamson about software engineering.